Cheers. Cheers. And welcome back to the only podcast who didn't get their blue check mark taken away because we didn't have one in the first place. That's right. It's Thirst in 10. Because we're, we're already verified, you know? And we're poor. That's true, too. Like, we make, we have a budget of zero dollars. So speaking of Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter at Thurston1069. <laughs> yeah, like, like because it's, what, 20 bucks, 8 bucks? We just verified it ourselves. But yeah, I believe it's 8 bucks a month. Wow. That goes towards the beer budget. And that's pretty much our only budget here. Yeah, we've been sharing the same beer for like four episodes. <laughs> like, it's pretty, pretty sure it's backwash at this point. So, I got asked a question today that I thought was interesting. So, I'll, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to spring it on you. Yeah, you do always do that. Who do you think is more globally recognizable? Michael Jordan or Harry Potter? Wow. Ooh, that's pretty good. Now... I think I'm a little influenced because you told me recently you worked with some German people who had no idea who Harry Potter was. Yeah, but they're German. They were you just read. like, were you like, okay, what about Michael Jordan? You know, I'm going to call him this week. <laughs> I just got to call him before 9 a.m. Because, you know, otherwise it's 5 p.m. in the Ruhr region of Deutschland. That's, that's I'm going to say Harry Potter. Okay. I'm going to say Michael Jordan. Because I feel like the shoes are what's going to do it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's it. seen the shoes. Some people may have made the shoes who would have no idea who Michael Jordan is. But <laughs> I, I don't think, like, people are, like, making, like, Harry Potter glasses or nothing in the third world. Like, you know, so maybe Michael Jordan. It's such a recognizable thing, you know? Maybe they got <laughs> leftover scarves or something. You know, they're all wearing Gryffindor scarves. It always annoyed me that uh, Gryffindor was scarlet and not green. Wow. Because I feel like Wait. green Gryffindor, like the alliteration. You want oh, the, okay. Yeah, I mm. want the alliteration, so. What about Garnett? Garnett, Like Gryffindor. Kevin? Garnett is like, um. He was like the guy in uh, Uncut Gems. Bro, it's January's birthstone. You don't know what Garnett is? It's like maroon. It's literally Gryffindor. Okay. Well, right? I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. No, no, no. We're learning today. See? What color is Gryffindor? Yeah, they're, they're like that maroon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there you go. You just learned a fucking... Color. And I married an art teacher. I thought I knew them all. <laughs> Honey, you forgot one. <laughs> That's what you can say. Yeah, she's going to be mad at me when she listens to this episode. So we have actual topics. Damn. I know. I thought we were going to do Harry Potter versus... Michael Jordan world. the whole time? I We probably could. <laughs> Next time we get Trenton on the episode, we'll just do like sports versus famous movies, and then just like watch his brain. Just battle. <laughs> He's not gonna figure it out. So the Bucks. Any concern, or what is your biggest concern? Uh, the series is one and one. They always lose game one. But Giannis is also hurt. Might not play tonight for the listeners. What is your biggest concern, or do you have any concerns? I think... Uh, what? What? I was going to say, does Miami scare you at all? I think everyone has one concern, and that's... Like, if you don't have one concern, I think you're a crazy person, okay? And that's Giannis. 
right? Like, without Giannis, I'm not sure if we win four. With Giannis, now I'm back to where we was. I'm totally sure. So that that's my biggest concern. And it, I don't really know how to feel about it because, like, no one really knows the extent of the injury, right? Every day is kind of like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. So I'm going to pour a shot clack because I said bucks and four. Three and, and a half, I think you said. So I'll pour myself a shot and a half, <laughs> at least. It could go up next week, depending on if we lose. Now, I'm not trying to bury the lead, but I don't think I'm going to do any more shots next week for this. Squeezing it out. The juice is worth the squeeze. When it's whiskey, yeah. What uh, what tree does a whiskey come from? Like corn or barley or... Okay, there you go. Cheers. Cheers. Like cereal grain, Jimmy. There you the go. The cereal grain tree. So I... I would say without Giannis, very concerned, man. I don't know. I don't know if we make it. How about you? So I, I still think we're better than the Heat even without Giannis. Now, with Giannis, I, I feel like when we don't have Giannis, it forces us to play an actual offense as opposed to like the Giannis chaos offense. And our actual offense is actually pretty good because we have a really good point guard and a really good center and some pretty good wing players. So we can run like that prototypical, you know, 1998 offense in which we just post up Drew or we post up Brook and let Drew run the pick and roll and actually like have an offense. It was actually kind of enjoyable to watch the game, not just because we blew him out on Wednesday, but because we actually ran an offense. So I'm not really all that worried about the heat. But you, you think we can do that every game though, every time? Okay, so let's take a look at the Heat starting five. So they have somebody at point guard. I think it's Gabe Vincent. <laughs> like that. Like is that their point guard? Like it probably is. Uh, Duncan Robinson right now because Tyler Hero is hurt. Like he's fucking trash. We have Jimmy Butler, Max Drews, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, that's not their starting lineup at all. <laughs> but, like that might be their best five, but. But that's their start. What I said is actually their starting lineup: Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Duncan Bam. Robin, Bam. No matter, even without Giannis, the Bucks just have too much size for him. Like when you have to switch Max Drews onto Brook Lopez multiple times, like they did in the first quarter. The, the Heat don't have an answer for that. It almost reminds me of when the Packers played the Ravens. And you, like, you remember when they were like, oh, Lamar Jackson might play, he might not play. But you always have to prepare as if Lamar Jackson is going to play. Right. And if you're the Heat, you always have to prepare as if Giannis is going to play. So no matter how many times we beat them with the Brook Lopez offense, the Heat can't really make an adjustment game to game. See, I'm still thinking about Sunday in game one. Like, when Giannis went down and we shit our pants. Okay. So he, part of me still feels like for Wednesday night to happen, that was almost everything going perfectly. Maybe. And that's not going to happen every time. Maybe I'm giving the Bucks. Well, maybe not the Bucks, But maybe I'm going to give Mike Budenholzer too much credit right now. Do you remember? This is a weird sports, cross sports analogy. 
Do you remember the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight? Yeah. Do you remember when Conor McGregor was winning for like the first two, maybe three rounds of that fight? Yeah, Floyd didn't do anything for a while. He it's not like he's not doing anything. He's like gathering information. Like he's sure. trying to like figure out your game plan. And I feel like that's what the bugs do with game one. They're trying to see like how are you defending the pick and roll? Are you gonna double team Giannis? Are you fighting under the screen? Are you going over the screen? Like, that's all they're trying to do in a game one when they know that they're head and shoulders the better team. But that's with Giannis. But that's with Giannis. But like I said, the Brooke Lopez offense isn't bad. It's not that it's bad. I just, Like I said, I feel like everything to be Wednesday night again, like everything has to go perfectly. And I don't think that's going to happen again. I think we got hyped up because we knew we had to play without Giannis. And I think now this time Miami's going to come back. With some energy. But that still doesn't say who can guard inside for the Heat. Like, even if, like, you say Bam can slow down Brooke. Like, in the playoffs, when everything else fails in the playoffs, you just hunt matchups. The Bucks can win multiple matchups against the Heat defense. Like, the Heat play good team defense, but if you get them to play one-on-one defense... Can Max Drews or Jimmy Butler, even if they put Adebayo on Brooke, who can, like, D up Bobby in the post? Like, Bobby's too physical for either of those two. He's too big. He's too strong. Eventually, they have to switch Drews or Robinson onto somebody, and you just attack that matchup time in and time out. The Heat aren't a very good team defensively. They have a good coach, but defensively, they're just not very good. I still think without... You know, we need the shots to fall. That's not a guarantee. Without Giannis, we're we're not the same either. So So what are you saying? Bucks in When in doubt recite the proverb Bucks in six. I will say Bucks in five. We can just attack the matchups on Miami so hard. And Miami has a pretty mediocre offense. They have a pretty mediocre defense, that's why they're the eight seed. They're just an average team. Worst case scenario, you either really slow the game down and just grind it away, or if you can get to, like, 120 offensively, they probably can't do that. We're still, even with the win the other night, we're only 12-8 and eight without Giannis, so there's some lost propensity there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going six. Give me bucks and five. I, I just don't see it from the heat. The charge call. Do you want to see the charge over? Do you, like, what changes do you want to see to the charge, if you want any at all? Uh, I think somehow you have to. You can't. You can't take away the charge, okay? And I'm a guy who I never liked the charge because, like, it just makes it rewards you for like not really doing anything. You know, like if you just jump in the right place, at the right time, you get a you get a fall on your ass, get a call, everyone's excited. That doesn't feel right to me, but at the same time, like, you can't just have... I'm thinking of, like, LeBron and Giannis, you know what I mean? Just barreling everybody over, so there has to be... There has to be something. So I don't think you, you can't just... You can't take it away. Now, I've seen a lot of people saying... Um, because, basically, the reason for this rule change... Um, Kevin Love stepped in front of Giannis. He was already in the air, trying to draw a charge. But he was an off-ball defender. He wasn't Giannis's primary ball defender. And I've seen a lot of people trying to change the rules so only your on-ball defender can take a charge. 
And I don't know if that's too complicated for the refs at game speed to call. You know, like, that that seems like it's going to get really complicated. Right. Like, it, in, in theory, like, I, I think I like, the, like, I like the sound of it. I get what they're trying to do. But like you said, I think that might be hard. Like, too many things to keep track of. Well, and I mean, if you have a player like Giannis and the other team's the bringing wall. a double team, who's his on-ball defender? Right. You or know, if they bring the wall, like, who's... Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I... I I like it in theory. I, In my mind, I think the change that needs to be made to the charge call, you have to, like, try to make a basketball move. Like, you know, like how in football, they're like, you got to get, like, a foot down, a second foot down, and then make a football move. You sure, got to, like, try right. to, like, tuck the ball or whatever. You got to, you know, do something to make a football move. I think, like, you gotta, like, try to, like, make a basketball-type move. I don't think, like, taking two steps, sliding over, and grabbing your nuts is playing defense. <laughs> but then, so, you, do you still have to have the two feet? Because like, for me, it's, like, it's hard to, like, are you really just going to stand in front of them square and play the ball at the same time? Yeah, and, I mean, it's going to get really tough. Like, that's what like, makes it so tough. I don't know how so they tough. do it, yeah. Because if you are... I don't know, let's say you're Kyle Lowry, who's like six foot one or some shit. And he's gets switched on to Giannis, and he beats him to the spot. But if he makes a play on the ball, and Giannis is holding the ball over his head, that's like when you hold the ball over your head to like your little brother or whatever, <laughs> and like he can't reach it. Then is it a hack foul? Like it, it gets really tough to just eliminate it. But I do think the idea of just like sliding in front of a player going 20 miles an hour down the court... Like, yeah, like, people are going to get hurt, and it's not really a basketball play. I do think there's going to be some sort of change. Just like in the NFL, I know I'm making a lot of comparisons to the NFL, but you know, like, when Tom Brady, like, tore his ACL because, like, some guy grabbed his ankle that one year? Yeah. And they are like, well, no, you can't hit a quarterback below the knee, which I always thought was a stupid fucking rule. Oh, I mean, it kind of shows itself as a stupid rule a lot. You know, when people are falling over, when people are getting pushed, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, but... You got to protect your superstars. Right. So. I mean, but at the same time, like you said, there has to be some, a happy medium. I don't know what it is. Because you can't have guys just barreling unrestrained into the paint, you know? Like, because that. If they. There's there's no defense. If they flat out banned the charge, the Bucks would win the next five (laughs) championships. Like, I, like, you wouldn't even have to, like, watch the playoffs. There's no way to defend, I feel like. Like, Like, to be honest. Yeah, like, it would be like if Shaq, like, if you banned the charge with, like, Shaq, like, he, he would just run you over. <laughs> Giannis is in Maybe that same should. mold. Maybe so. they should then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. We could talk so much shit to Chicago Bulls fans when Giannis wins five in a row. <laughs> there you go. You had Jordan, we had Giannis. All right, ban the charge. I got one more basketball for you. All right, shoot. The NBA is going to an in-season tournament starting next year. Do you like it or do you hate it? See, that's a really strong line for you to draw right there. But if if I got to pick one or the other, I hate it. I hate it. Um, I think you have teams resting people. Most teams agree there's already too many games. And NBA has a thing where it's kind of top-heavy. Like, you kind of know... The teams that are in contention, and then it's everybody else. And I think a season or an in-season tournament 
just kind of creates a smaller version of that. Like, the rest of the teams don't give a f- and it adds more games. So, to me, I think it's silly. Hate. Hate it. I'm going to take the opposite stance. You love it. I love it. And here's my reasoning for it. Like, first off, if you're going to rest your players, and everybody knows that you're going to rest them for the in-season tournament, that to me is a better compromise already than just resting them on a random Tuesday night when you told your son or daughter or whoever, hey, I'm going to get you tickets. We're going to watch Giannis play LeBron James on a Tuesday night in Milwaukee. And then Giannis doesn't play. LeBron doesn't play. So I'd rather have you rest your players during a meaningless in-season tournament and then have more incentive to play your players in like the actual regular season. I also think you have to show the sponsors. Like at some point, I feel like the end game here, you want to eliminate a few games. You have to show the sponsors that you can do that and still keep the same amount of revenue. So the more anybody watches the in-season tournament, the more likely that becomes. Because they're going to look at ad revenue and things like that. So I, sure. I do think, though, you have to incentivize players. Right, and you can win money, right? That's the whole, like, that's I, what's supposed to do it for the players. And I get it. You know, like, if you're A.J. Green and... You know, like, you're like, oh, man, if Giannis plays in the in-season tournament, I can buy a house finally. (laughs) (laughs) So I I can see, you know, there being some weird, like, pressure internally to, like, try to play your best players. But to me, it's still like you're talking about the same, like, we were talking about AJ Green and and Giannis and the Bucks. Like, they're already, like, we're talking about the same teams, you know, so... I also think that are going to contend for it. I feel. I like. think the European players are going to be more on board than the American players are because they're used to cups. Yeah, they're like that's basically like that's where this idea came from. There's in-season tournaments in most soccer leagues, in right? Europe, if right. Not all yep. of them. Mm-hmm. But they have histories, you know, and people give a shit about. Well, it. every history started with the year one at some point. This feels like this, and I know some of our listeners hate wrestling. Okay, wrestling. But do you know in wrestling when there's like, like some shows they have a belt for everything. There's yep. the Atlantic belt. There's a hardcore. Like when there's too many trophies, like to me it feels like that. It feels like who gives a f- about the in season tournament? I like you get just want to give away some money to some people. Cool. I get it if you have like eight in season tournaments. If you're like, all right, now here we're gonna do. But American sports, we only have one trophy. But so to me, two two trophies feels like. You know, I don't need. I don't want this other f-ing trophy. It's kind of like who, because then if you win that, you either care more about that than the NBA championship, which isn't going to happen, or it becomes like a oh they won the in season tournament. Like who gives a f-? okay? Can I give you a couple of ideas and see if you think this will make the players be more likely to play? Sure, money. I'm not. I'm not going to take the low hanging fruit. I'm going to be more creative than that. That's you. I would name the trophy. The Kobe Bryant Trophy, and then that seems the like winning a team, ploy. and then the winning team gets to donate a check to the Kobe Bryant Foundation in honor of the winning team, and it'll be a significant amount of money. It'll be like a million dollars, 
Sure. And okay. everybody gets to like donate money to this foundation. Do you think that motivates players? That, I think, does. Or will motivate players. You should call Adam, bro. That's not a bad idea. Adam should call me. <laughs> you should call Adam. Okay, let's, let's be real. I'm the A-side. <laughs> I'm carrying Adam. Fucking silverfish. What? He looks like a silverfish. Oh, dude, I thought you saw one, man. You can't. You cannot cry silverfish around here. All right. All right, new rule. All right, next week when we have more shots, that'll be a shot clock. <laughs> deal, deal. All right, I'm going to give you my second one. The winner of the tournament gets the first pick in the NBA draft. Well, that seems counterintuitive. Is that too much? Well, because to me, the whole idea of the draft is to like bring parity about, is to give the bad teams good but things. But does that prevent tanking? Does it? Uh, maybe? Like After that, like the worst team will probably get the second pick. But you could live in a world in which the Bucks well, and then the Celtics, sure. and that's the other thing too. Then the rich get richer, and I don't know. I but don't... if you're the Bucks, let's say there's four teams left. I like and the let's Kobe say one it's more. Bucks, it's Celtics, and then let's say it's like two random ass teams. Like you got the Hornets, and then you got like I don't know the Jazz or somebody like somebody sure. made a yeah. run. Right. If you're the Bucks, you absolutely do not want Boston to get that number one overall pick. I think like that would motivate the players on the Bucks to like go beat. And Boston's thinking the same thing. They're like, dude, we do not want Milwaukee to get Wembenyana or whoever the number one overall pick is. Right, sure. But then I think same thing. It's just the good teams being good again. Like, or do they rest? The Kobe rule I like. The like winner getting the first pick. I think that's a little too much. Like you get too much for being good. Let's say the winner gets a lottery pick. Now you're in the lottery. It could be the first pick. Maybe maybe it if they get the like a, a lower odds. You know how they do it like someone gets 15% or something and someone gets more you, than you that? You have a 3% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Sure. If you get like a little bit, I would take that. Not like if you just... No, here's why that'll never well, pass. Because the second the team with like the 3% odds actually gets the number one overall pick... Everybody's gonna be like, "This is rigged." No, man, it's the NBA. It actually is rigged, right? It, it goes to the best team, the best story, not the best team, but the I best feel like story. Ad- Adam Silver doesn't want that headache. It goes to the hometown of the number, the best player in the draft. I mean, those are my two rules, my my two ideas. The second one, I would say maybe put them in with a little odds. Don't just give them the first pick. That's too much. Out of the two, I like the Kobe idea better. I think okay. that would incentivize players. Because I think they all want that moment. We're in the age where, like, a lot of the players were inspired by Kobe. So, that will work. Okay. Moving on. The Milwaukee Brewers. Are you more worried about the Cubs or the Cardinals? I think Cardinals just because knee-jerk reaction, (laughs) right? Like, it's always the Cardinals. Even though maybe... Because they started not great. So, like, looking at... And you talked on the show before about... Maybe the Cubs have the best like potential if everything goes the right high ceiling, for them. Maybe. Right, Bellinger has been hitting his wiener off, which like, I thought his wiener was gone already. Like I thought he, he nubbed that thing to the ground. Where did he get a wiener from? I didn't know you could regrow those. I still like looking at looking at the Cardinals lineup. Obviously, you have Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras. Like I still like the sound of that. They somehow always find a way to make a run. Especially like August time of year, so I'm gonna go with 
the hated Cardinals always scare me. Like, the Cardinals could have no wins right now, and I'd still be like, I'm a little worried. So I'm glad you brought up the Cardinals lineup. Because I, I'm i not even going to... I don't want fucking Cardinals alerts. I saw that, and I was going to say something, but I didn't want to break the fourth wall. When you look at the Cardinals lineup, like Arenado, Gold Glove third baseman, Goldschmidt, Gold Glove first baseman, their outfield is fast as can be with guys like O'Neal and Newt Barr. Like, those guys can run them down with the best of them. Walker Carlinson, too, you know, yeah, like Jordan Walker. Like, they can run them down. Their defense is so good that the only way they can lose... Yeah, how many gold gloves they had last year? The only way that they can lose is that their pitching staff is completely terrible. And so far, their pitching staff has been completely terrible. Like, Michaelis is always good... Anybody who can throw more than two pitches will always shut down the Brewers, so that's Montgomery. <laughs> but then, like, after that, like, Steven Matz, like, what is it, 2015? <laughs> <laughs> no, because then he'd be good, I think. Like, come on, like, get out of here, Steven Matz. I do like looking at a 648 ERA. Their pitching I, staff is... <laughs> as the kids say, their pitching staff is dog water. <laughs> you got me all excited, then I looked at a 208 ERA. I don't like that as much. I mean, Wainwright's, like, is he 50 yet? Uh, that's his number, but it could be his age. <laughs> 41. 41. God, you know what's disappointing about that? If you were to ask me, like, what year I think somebody who's 41 years old is, like, what year do I think they were born? I'd have been like, I don't know, like 1972 or something <laughs> like that. He was born in 1981. Wow. He's only 10 years older than me. I could take him in a fight, though. Definitely. And plus, he's on the injured list, so I think that would help, too. Like, he, he, he looks like a rangy guy, but I think I'd get inside. Box him up a little bit. He only has 195 wins. I think, like, 190 of those came against the Brewers. <laughs> like, he's yeah. beaten the Brewers 190 times. He's really mad at, the, like, the new schedule where they... <laughs> oh, we get to play him less? I feel like we get to him now, though. Like, he's too old now. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll finally answer the question I have. What's the question? Uh, who are you more worried about, the Cubs or the Cardinals? I'll say the Cubs. I'm more worried. Like, you got to be able to pitch a little bit, and the Cardinals are either going to have to make a big deal at the deadline to get, like, some legitimate pitching help. Otherwise, I just don't think they – I don't think they're legitimate. They aren't serious people. Do they always become pretty serious people? Yeah, they'll, they'll get hot in August. They'll I become know. serious. Do they play the Brewers like nine times in August? Because then they'll definitely get hot. I know we start playing the Pirates late, and they're the team that we didn't mention that I'm a little worried about them. How do you feel about the Pirates? They remind me of the 2007 Brewers. You remember like the year that we finally went like 500? Look at that. Yeah, right there. Yeah, they're only a game and a half back. But do you, like, do you remember that? Like, we finally went like 500. We went like 83, and or you know, like some some. Stupid. Oh yeah. And we were like through the moon. Dude, like, I still have that newspaper. <laughs> I shit you not, I have that newspaper. Like that's what this year's Pirates remind me of. I think the Pirates are doing a lot of things right, but I think they got to wait their turn one more year. It'll be interesting to see if and when they fall off because that they're you know they're very hyped up. They're the Cubs, I think. Like you, like you mentioned that I mentioned before, there, there are things that are kind of all firing right now. 
I think Bellinger's going to fall off a little bit. I think maybe Mancini, some of those guys, aren't going to do as well. So, yeah, I don't think the Cubs are going to stay as hot. Yeah, Bellinger, like, he's just hitting the cover off the ball. And that that disappoints me. It does, too, because I'm like, uh, I mean, y'all just started hitting, too. Now, so. Marcus Stroman is He's pitching. pitching his dick off. Ever since I came on here and I was like, I don't know, he's pretty weak in the World Classic. He's five foot seven. He has this .75 ERA. I know. Like, he turned 5'7 around for his ERA. So... 7'5". I took him super late in uh, fantasy baseball. I'm 2-0 right now. I'm playing the other guy who's 2-0 this week. But I think I have a slight lead over him. I think, like, the Vegas odds makers are pinging me. Uh, check the nickname out for me. What's that? Do you know the name? HDMH. Is that, like, a new, like, cable for your TV? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Stroman... I I think like for like my fantasy baseball team's sake, like I'm just gonna ride until he gets hot. But I do think he'll have a correction at some point. I hope so. I don't think he's a sub. I don't think he's a sub three ERA guy anymore. Like I I could see him being like a three point four. But fingers crossed. It's, like that's still really good. But he is sub two right now. Also, did you see how the Cubs lost their uh, no their perfect game today? No, no, I did not. Okay, so I don't. If there was ever a time to like have video up, just wait for it. Just wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So essentially, can I get? I don't know if I can say. Yeah, you you can play by play it. It's a dribbler, like up the third base line. The pitcher's gonna pick it up, <laughs> and then the catcher just like jumps on his back and rides him to the ground. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like can, if you haven't can, seen this. It's pretty good. That was pretty funny. Can we insert genuine pony? Like, as we talk about this? Or are they going to take us down if we do that? No, that could, that, that could be... I could do that. Like, I think that would be hilarious. Jimmy, we have a great... Like, our sound, our effects department here. Okay. Top notch. Well, you know, I just don't want to get demonetized. I got a lot riding on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you get money? Oh, shit. I didn't tell you. <laughs> you guys are getting paid? <laughs> I'm getting a thousand! You guys are getting paid? Uh, so, any change in predictions so far for the Brewers? Nope. My prediction was... Wild card. <gasps> oh. No. I'm going to stick on that for right now. I said miss the playoffs. I said I'm going to stick. And I said I'm going to stick until Memorial you Day. Said, yep. So, at the Brewers... Like, fall apart completely after Memorial Day. You know where to find me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with mine, even though, yes, it was just wild card. I'm not, I'm not going to get too hot just yet. You know, not yet. Not yet. So, speaking of being hot. <laughs> Wisconsin badges, since that's how I wrote it on my... On my sheet. <laughs> the Wisconsin Badgers. They play their uh they play their spring game tomorrow or today, as some of you who are listening will will hear it. Uh three PM on the Big Ten network. Ooh. So you can watch it. Uh if you wanna go, tickets are free, but you have to get a ticket. <laughs> okay. So I don't know, like if you like you like show up and you don't have a ticket, they're gonna like make you like download one. I'm assuming, like they're not gonna sure. sell out Camp Randall for it. So it's not like 
you couldn't do that. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe you have bad service in Madison. So, you know, don't take any chances. Print it out first, you know. Print it out. <laughs> you know, like a map quest direction. <laughs> you do that too, still? Yeah. Every Okay, good. Every day before work, because I want to avoid traffic, <laughs> Yeah, I print out my MapQuest directions. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one, you know? I, I hate traffic. I don't mess around. <laughs> so what do you want to see in the spring game? A lot of changes have happened. And I want to see... I want to see the lot of changes on the offense. You know, I want to see uh, Tanner Mordecai. Is that two first names? Ricky Bot. He's got two first names. Whatever the hell his name is, let's get him over here. Yes. Okay. okay. Right? Okay. Well, I know a guy named Mordecai. So if you ran a hotel and somebody like came in, was like, room for Tanner Mordecai, you'd be like... Whoa, whoa, you gotta show whoa. me yeah. some ideas. <laughs> You're gonna have to put a little down payment on here. Um, That's a drug dealer. Name. You don't know if you can trust that guy, except by quarterback. Uh, I want to see, especially with Phil Longo, the the wide receivers. I want to see some exciting offensive play. Airing it out. The Badgers said they aren't doing any conditioning in practice this year because Both that's switched. that's how fast paced their offense is. They are trying to run a play within 20 seconds. Like, this isn't the Badgers' offense of yesteryear. They are running the play, and then they are running up to the line of scrimmage, and they are running another play. Like, wouldn't you want conditioning for that? They said that's how hard they're practicing. They're practicing at that much pace. I think that's what I'm most excited about. For the pace? The like, pace, because, like, yeah, we're mostly we're the offensive line, right? Like, they got those big Wisconsin boys. Cheese-eating boys. Those six foot seven, 345-pound offensive linemen. <laughs> Are they really going to be able to keep up with that? That's a good question. You better have some Gatorade on the sidelines and some oxygen. A <laughs> good thing that, you know, we don't have to worry about it getting too hot, usually, in the spring and fall. So they'll be able to run more. It'll be 30 degrees. I Now, I'm really excited to watch. You mentioned Mordecai. I think they had five wide receivers transfer in in the transfer portal. Uh, you don't got to fact check me on that because if I'm wrong, you know, we'll just roll with it. Uh, but five sounds right. Uh, the big one, C.J. Williams from USC. It sounds like he's already played his way into being a starter. Um, I saw some reports... That he's already outplayed uh, Shimmer DK, and that if DK wasn't a senior, he'd be second string right now. And DK was far and away their best receiver last year. Apparently, this guy's better. So, CJ Williams is a guy I want to see. I also just want to see, you know, I, I just want to see a clean offense. Last year, it seemed like every time we got something going, somebody would hold, somebody would fall start, we'd fumble a snap. I, I'm sick of seeing that in Wisconsin because you can't, like, chalk it up to college kids because we never used to be like that. We used to be, like, the offense who never made mistakes. Like, we, we ran, like, six plays, but we knew all six of them to perfection. You know, it was run right, run left, sweep right, sweep left, <laughs> pray that your quarterback doesn't throw an interception. Yeah. That, that was, like, our playbook for a long time, and we ran it to perfection. 
the past few years under Paul Chris, and the real reason why I think Paul Chris got fired is because there's way too many mistakes. Way too many mental mistakes. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Like, we were kind of unbadgerly this year in that in that regard. We were unbadgerly the past couple of years, in my opinion. So we will see. Uh, Greg Gard, he signed a big extension. Are you as disappointed as I am? I think so. Like, two years ago, sorry, I think they did okay, right? The Badgers. And last year, not okay. So I think it's... You can kind of look at it and go, well, it hasn't been that long where it's been really bad, right? But at the same time, I just, I'm, I think they're ready for, they need a refreshing. You know, they need someone who thinks differently and can recruit differently. Recruiting's a big thing. I, I think, yeah, yeah. Greg, I, I think Greg runs a good program once he gets you onto campus. Now, I think these guys are a bit limited. Uh, right. And I was reading, I was reading on, on their ceiling, you know, like, Last year they had Johnny Davis play out of his mind, and yeah, like they looked really good. This year they didn't have anybody step up, and I think we saw the real Badgers. That's why I think we need to switch it up. We need to see somebody who can bring in, like you've talked before, and this episode is just like me rehashing your takes from before, I feel like. I have a lot of takes, so. Some of them are rehashable. Listen to my take on Bud Light earlier. Some of them are rehashable. That probably isn't one of them. But I was reading about the you know the all the basketball awards that they give out for high school basketball in the state, and like none of the people that are getting them are like going to Wisconsin. And like you said, there's a lot of talent in Wisconsin, like at the high school basketball level, and everyone goes everywhere else. So I feel like we need someone who can like switch up Wisconsin's identity so that one it can like win, and it can recruit better. So that's why I'm as disappointed as you. Okay, so we got a funsies for you. What is... Oh, I'm stepping on the cord. I think I broke my headphones. What is your favorite mixed drink with tequila in it? You know, I feel like there's an obvious answer here. And I could pick something else, but I'm going to pick a margarita. Okay. On the rocks or blended? Rocks. I'm a rocks guy. And I'm even... I know a lot of people, maybe lime is too tangy. And you like your strawberry or your mango. And those are good. Those are good, too. I ain't hating on a strawberry mango. I'm a classic lime on the rocks. Salt on the rim. I'll take three. I I do like a good margarita. But... I think my favorite drink with tequila, my favorite mixed drink with tequila, give me a tequila sunrise. Oh, see. Si. Yeah. You know, you wake up in Mexico and they just bring you one. You're not saying no. Every it. sunrise is tequila sunrise. There you go. You like with the little grenadine spot? Do you like cherries? Yeah, I do. Now, I do like a little bit of triple sec in my sunrise. Really? That's unorthodox, I believe. I don't. You know, to me, it's just it's tequila, OJ, and grenadine, cherry juice. So maybe I'll substitute out the grenadine for maybe a cherry garnishment. See, but you have to have the grenadine because that's what makes it look like a sunrise. That's the sun, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, you're just sun. But and no rise. Either way, I do like the triple sec in my tequila sunrise. 
you know, may, maybe that maybe that lessens it because you're probably shorting the tequila a little bit, but it, you know, it gets the people no. going, and that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And thank you for listening. This has been Thurston Ten. Follow us on Twitter at Thurston Ten Sixty Nine. Like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. Keep it real. Cheers. Are we going to shoot the shit for a little bit and then we'll We're going to shoot the shit like it's a case of Bud Light. There you go, man. <laughs> And I'm Kid Rock or somebody. Hey, it's the Thirst Amendment. Yeah, you can sh- I was going to say shoot whatever you want, but that's not actually true. You can't not shoot whatever you want. But you can shoot Bud Light, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Now, in my opinion, I hated Bud Light before. It was I cool know. to hate Bud Light. Right. And now, like, the amount of Thirst and Ten posers. Yeah. Who hate Bud Light. Now, I like, without getting too political into it, I feel like every time, like, the right wing tries to, like, boycott something, they, like, shoot for, like, the stars. Like, they'll be like, we're not going to watch the NFL because, like, they said, like, end racism in the end zone or whatever. And I'm just like, the NFL could, like, sacrifice, like, a child at halftime. And I'm still going to watch the fucking NFL. Like, I have planned out my Sundays for the last 30 years. Yeah, oh yeah. Around the NFL. Yeah. So like one child sacrifice ain't nothing, you know? But then on the other side, a name brand who makes a shitty product that's really easy to boycott. <laughs> I'm like, like you know, like they kind of did something. Like, yeah. Without I'm, getting political into it, I hate Bud Light. So I, had boycotted. Boy, I had boycotted it my whole life before. Sweet.